While I was compiling my top album list of 2019 this past fall, it occurred to me that Johnny Redfern, better known to the world as Johnny Gorilla, had two albums by two different bands on my top albums list, namely Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel, his hot rockin' three-piece band on Rise Above Records with their newest album, Very Uncertain Times, and his other band, which actually preceded Admiral, called Gorilla, and their new album, Tree Creeper, on heavy psych sounds. Now, if someone manages to make my favorite albums list, I am immediately interested and want to befriend them immediately. But nobody ever has two albums. Two? Two albums? I had to get Johnny on the podcast just on that feat alone. Of course, this talk is long overdue. Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel came out on tour with us back in March of 2015, riding high on their sophomore 2014 album, Check 'em Before You Wreck 'em on Rise Above. And in fact, it was my favorite number one album of 2014. Since then, they have put out Keep It Greasy and this new one that came out just at the end of 2019, Very Uncertain Times. And they have a permanent slot on every top album list I put out. The first time I heard about Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel was through, of all things, some compilation CD included free in a magazine somewhere, a very random way to find out about things, but with my nose always searching for the next band that will tickle my ears, time spent going from track to track that day was time well spent. I remember hearing the Admiral cut, I believe it was Do It Now, and instantly pricking up after its first notes. Was this the band that my ears had been searching for? Before the song even ended, I was doing a little bit of online research, typing in the name incorrectly a couple of times, but finally landing on Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel, Rise Above Records. And that's all I really needed to know. Rise Above was its stamp of approval, and I had indeed found the band that I would claim as my favorite. There's a grand distinction that comes with being on Rise Above Records. It's mainly due to the long lineage of sterling bands on its roster like Electric Wizard, Ghost, Grand Magus, Church of Misery, Witchcraft, and of course, course Cathedral, and the bands that continue that legacy to this day. Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, Blood Ceremony, Horizont, Septic Tank, Judah, the Planchettes, and Twin Temple, and... Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel. Lee Dorian, former singer of Napalm Death, Cathedral, and currently in Septic Tank, is the founder and owner of Rise Above Records. Lee was on this podcast back in April of 2015, episode 96. I met him back in 2004 when we played a festival with Cathedral in Portugal and ended up sharing a backstage together for the whole day, just us and them. Since then, Lee and Gaz Jennings have come out to a few of our shows just to hang out, and there was never any talk of being on Rise Above, other than me fanboying about the label, because Rise Above Records is my favorite record label, period. When we finished this last record of ours, A Rock Supreme, I asked Lee if he'd be interested in putting it out, and here we are, part of my favorite record label. As a record collector and music fan, it feels tremendously satisfying to be on your favorite label. It's also very gratifying to be, be alongside bands you love, and Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel definitely tops that list. 
Now add to that Johnny's first band, Gorilla, and their impressive 2019 comeback album, Tree Creeper, and it's easy to see everything Johnny does, I want. Gorilla are also a three-piece that have been putting out records since 2001 with their self-titled debut on Sweden's Luna Sound uh, to Give Me Some in 2004 and Rock Our Souls in 2007, but they seem to have ramped up activity in the last few years. I caught up with Johnny via Skype a few weeks back and with Gorilla bassist Sarah Jane present as well. This was a messy but charming chat about all things all musical things, Johnny Gorilla, and a little bit of rap music talk at the end. There's a bit of some technical issues in regard to the Skype line cutting out now and then, but I think all the meat of our chat is clear and audible for you to hear. If you dig rock music, not the kind nominated in the best rock category for these silly award shows, but the real kind, the dirty, greasy kind, the hard kind, the kind that you have to look outside of the squared circle to find, then go out and buy Very Uncertain Times by Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel and all their previous albums. They are one of my favorite bands out there doing rock today. I think I've stated that many, many times already. And Tree Creeper by Gorilla. That's also very hot rockin'. Go out and get Tree Creeper out on Heavy Psych Sounds. This podcast is now available on Spotify as well as iTunes and SoundCloud. And if you could, please leave a rating or a review on iTunes. It helps build the podcast's profile. Thank you to everyone who have uh, left a rating or a review already in the various regional iTunes stores. I really appreciate it. Thanks to Johnny Gorilla and Sarah Jane for making this episode happen. Thanks to Lee Dorian for putting out Admirals for Cloudsley Shovel. And thank you for listening. Okay, here we go. Johnny Gorilla and Sarah Jane are on the podcast, and it starts now. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around. They play the kid as Tango's go out to love for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fucked Up. Stop playing Hangs Out. There's only one podcast to listen to in this world, and that's the Tango Joe's podcast. Listen to the Danko Jones Podcast! Login protocol initiated. Sequencing algorithm interface. The official Danko Jones Podcast uploaded. Listen with caution. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Now. Hello? Hello. How you guys doing today? We're doing all right, man. How about yourself? What you been up to? Anything exciting today? Oh, geez. No, um, pretty much business as usual. Uh, how is it for, for you? You know, the reason why I, um, sorry, I'll let you answer that first question after I say this. The reason why I have you on is because when I 
posted my top 10 or top nine albums of 2019, I realized that you're, Johnny, you're on two of those albums. Yes. What an incredible achievement, eh? Yeah. And then I thought, why haven't we, why haven't I asked you on the podcast? So thanks for talking to me today. It's more than a pleasure. And yes, why haven't you asked me on the podcast before? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just, it slipped my mind. Um, But posting Gorillaz, Tree Creeper, and Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel's uh, Very Uncertain Times albums uh, made me, reminded me that I should. Um, Yes. So, listen, I, I don't need to tell you now. I mean, I've just proved to you that, like, I am a huge fan of what you do. Um, I think the way you make music is the way my ears want to hear it. So um, thanks for that, man. More than a pleasure. And the same to yourself, man. It's a organic, uh, natural thing. Nothing is uh, planned, you know. We just do what we do. I think that's part of the charm. I mean, you know, we haven't toured with Gorilla, but we've, we've done a... Uh, a tour and a and another kind of stint with you guys uh, in Admiral, yeah. and uh, it shows. You guys are completely grassroots, hard rock, the way I think it's supposed to look and sound. So yeah, I love. I love. Um, I, I don't think it serves you right if I describe Admiral as like grassroots, but because you know that goes without saying when it comes to rock and roll music, but. I just, I just love how you, in 2020, approach the genre of hard rock music. There's very few who are still doing it. It's kind of unusual, I guess. We just, uh, we, we're too stupid to do it any other way. It's <laughs> uh, just natural. We, we just play, we're old school, man. We just play, we write songs we like to play. And if people catch on to that, like yourself, and they dig it, then that's really fucking cool. Um, we don't ever have any agenda of, oh, we've got to fit in a scene. Or, you know, it's just, uh, I suppose, totally organic. And like my, you know, I like all sorts of music, um, all sorts of music. But the thing that really gets me is the, you know, the honesty and the organicness of bands that do that kind of thing from the heart and not from some kind of, you know, if you're into music for any other reason than enjoying playing what you do, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, when it comes to your music, uh, you could really, you could really, you know, feel it and vibe it. And I'm not the only one. I mean, obviously, Lee Dorian of Rise Above Records took to. At least Admiral Sir Cloudsley for now. Uh, you guys have put out four records as Admiral Sir Cloudsley on, on Rise Above Records. We're on Rise Above Records, so I'm, I'm glad to be um, supporting uh, the, the, the roster and the, and the scene of Rise Above. Um, how, did you, how did Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel end up on Rise Above? Not that that's an impossible feat, but how did that happen? What happened was, this is, again, really sounds ridiculously old school. I know you hate them, but cassettes. We actually recorded a cassette <laughs> in our room, and we sent it to Lee, and maybe dug the whole vibe of that. But he's got good taste, that guy, you know. So 
he obviously picked up on what we were doing. He liked the style. Uh, obviously, you know, so kind of got that 70s proggy vibe. But he came to see us play. We did a really fucking shit gig in a, a place in London, in Camden. And he came and saw us and he was like, well, apart from the whole 70s thing, you've got a kind of real punk energy about you. You're like, you're like, you know, like, I suppose like, you know, sort of Pink Fairies or mm-hmm. early Motorhead, that sort of punk thing. And he just yep. dug it and he said, do you want a single? We did. It sold out. He offered us an album or two and we took it from there, man. But the guy's got good taste, you know. He's uh, well tuned into what is cool in a good way because he comes from a very, you know, a sort of hardcore punk background. So he digs that. But then he also digs the the uh, more musical aspects maybe of the sort of proggy 70s hard rock sort of thing as well. So, yeah, it was all, it worked out very nicely. Four albums later, what can I say? Yeah, I was going to say, if it started off with a one or two album deal, uh, it's things seem to have uh, progressed quite nicely uh, with Rise Above. Yeah, uh, man, they're, they're a top label, you know, it's, they're good guys. Yeah. Now you mentioned I hate cassettes, but listen, if if you, the way you can uh, make a demo tape is is only through cassettes because that's you know the only means you have, then by all means do it. My my whole thing about cassettes is is the um, cassette resurgence. Apparently, this is a thing now, and people are releasing new albums on cassette expecting people to be able to hear them and we all know yeah. I, I can assume you you have been through that where you've bought a record or a cassette of a band that you love only to have it unravel while you're you know worst sorry they're the worst uh, the worst medium ever man every pre uh made cassette i've ever owned yeah uh, like a year later is totally fucked it wobbles and it's shit Good fun doing mixed cassettes for your friends or whatever. Sure. Strangely enough, some of those last better. But as a medium, it is absolute shit. And I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> Why the fuck would anyone bring that rubbish back when you've got, uh, you know, CD burns and MP3s or whatever that play perfectly? Why would you want a fucking shit cassette <laughs> that breaks after <laughs> however long? You know, it's just a totally stupid idea. And it is, as you said in your book, man, it's like hipster bullshit. It's like, <laughs> I'm more hipster than thou because I have a cassette. Oh, oh great, man. So it'll break after a year? Yeah, great. There's a <laughs> romance to cassettes, though. There is a certain romance to cassettes, but when you want to hear music, like I do, I just want to hear it. I don't want to hear some thing that'll break in, like, whatever, you know what I mean? You know, Absolutely, so. like how I like this stems from the uh, endless amount of times I've been disappointed by cassettes. I mean, it doesn't come out of thin air. How many times have I been let down or or lost money on on like you said, like a pre-made cassette of a band that I love, only to have it sound like you know it sounds like it's tenth generation recording or it unravels and I need a pencil. Um, so yeah, mixtapes are cool. I get I get the whole deal with mixtapes and the way that you guys had to record your demo on a I'm assuming like a Fox Tex, a Tascam four track. I get it. Um, 
it's part of the charm, especially the, the you know the story that you have of of getting on Rise Above, um, makes for a good story as well, um, and is in line with you know the band's image as well. But um, uh, aside from that, like yeah, I have no time for cassettes in 2020. I just want to hear the music, you know, like I want to hear Admiral Sir Cloudsley shovel. And if you know, when I want to hear it and I don't want to like, you know, cross my fingers, hoping that, you know, nothing will happen while I listen to the album. Absolutely. Vinyl is the best medium. It always plays in it. But vinyl is the best way just because it's a good medium, you know. CDs are OK, but they fuck up a lot of the time, too. You know? Yeah, they do. But uh, let's get back to, uh, to to you now. Um, we'll eventually. I want to talk to. I, I want to talk about Gorilla as well. But first, um, very uncertain times was released in, at the end of October of 2019, and I think because of the year and release, it it didn't make a lot of top tens. But um, what has been the response so far for it? So far. Very good. Um, we're getting some top, top reviews, uh, which is lovely, um, and people seem to get it. Obviously, you get a few people who don't get it, but so far, response is very good. And the same with uh, Gorilla Tree Creeper. People seem to be digging the whole vibe and the you know the the sound and just the honesty of the whole thing, man, which is very cool. So, so you hipped me to a Gorilla. Oh, in 2018, when we played some shows together in the UK, and you, I was surprised to hear about That's you right. being in, in another band like Gorilla, another three-piece band, and, uh, you know, then Tree Creeper came out last year, and um, I put it on the record player, and I was happily blown away. I loved it, as much as uh, Admiral. So... Um, what obviously gorilla came first so let me talk about gorilla then um how long has gorilla, gorilla been going on and how did this new album come about uh we, we, gorilla been going since uh 1999 in fact we're going to uh, we're doing a our own release of the first album, which came out in uh, 2000, the yeah. anniversary. So we're going to press out our third time out on vinyl. It came out on CD in the day. There's no vinyl then. So we're going to do our limited edition of the first Gorilla album. We came, uh, which uh, we came about just through you know playing in bands before, and we all loved the same music, and we just wanted to make that kind of sound. Again, you know, just from the heart sort of music. We didn't have any expectations. We just wanted to play what we love to play. And and there's a uh, when I look back on the Gorilla discography, there's a lot of um, years in between. Are there any reasons for you know you not churning it out as mu- as often as Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel? Uh, yeah, there is uh, various. Exploding drummers. I think we're on about number fourteen by now. <laughs> Sarah Gorilla, who plays the bass, trained to be a, a, a pediatric, um, not pediatric, no, uh, pediatric nurse working with kids in uh, Great Ormond Street Hospital, which she did 
for many years very successfully. Uh, so there's other things going on. Real life gets in the way of rock and roll sometimes, Danko. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, but it, it's interesting for me as an observer from uh, the outside looking in, uh, when I first know you from Admiral and, you know, I think things are pretty much on on track and, and you know, you're spitting out albums every couple of years and then i get hipped to gorilla which is now it seems pretty active again um what made you decide to you know kind of balance the two bands um i think uh, the admiral sort of came about in the gorilla hiatus for me to do something musical um gorilla has been a constant thing but recently we got a a pretty good deal with an Italian label, Heavy Psych Sounds. We wanted to put out the record, and that sort of kicked things a bit into gear with Gorilla. So we've got tours. Uh, we're doing a European tour um, in March um, with the Admiral. Signing Rise Above means we got a sort of you know schedule. We try and do an album every couple of years and as many gigs in between, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, were you surprised with Admiral uh, kind of getting such a big leg up when you uh, got signed to Rise Above and, and you know, consequently Metal Blade as well? So uh, was it surprising to you? I mean, you know, Gorilla was your, your first band and your primary band, and then suddenly Admiral kind of took over for a while? Yeah, absolutely. It it uh, surprised me big time. But sometimes the things you do as a little side project quite often take off as something else. But uh, they both work together nicely because it lets me express different, you know, things in different bands. Well, they're both good, man. As long as I'm playing and touring and doing all that stuff, I'm happy. But with the two, because, you know, it's not a full-time, you, you can't do it. Well, we don't do it full time, but I try and fit in as much as I can again, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, the one thing about Gorilla, you know, being so used to you hearing you play and, and sing in Admiral, when I heard the Gorilla album, uh, it, was a, it was a different shade of hard rock, but, but definitely your voice is what carried through and was the bridge between the both bands for me as a listener. And, uh, it, it really, um, won me over instantly. Uh, and the tree creeper album is something I think any hard rock fan should check out. And, um, you hipped me to the, uh, grifter split gorilla did a few years back. And I thought that was fantastic as well. So I'm, uh, looking forward to the re-release of the gorilla debut. Um, what, how, like I asked you about Admiral with rise above, how did gorilla, get on uh, the Heavy Psych uh, label, which is a great label as well. Um, that was just pure uh, perseverance, I think. We sent out some stuff to various people. The guy, Gabrielle, who runs Heavy Psych, he actually saw us back in Rome, back in 2003, Sarah's telling me. <laughs> and he, he, he liked that, you know, obviously. <laughs> he was a young whippersnapper looking for tips, and he saw us, and we were fantastic. 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> as he goes around, like he's signs bands like Nebula and Brent York, so he's obviously hip to the old school dudes who have been doing it for a long time, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, so eventually we come to a deal and we've got an album out on the heavy site, which is great, man. Well, like I said off the top, I mean, True Creeper made my top nine or top ten or what have you. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's a great album. And for me, as a fan of yours, to, to get two records from you per year, in, in one year, I would say, um, is a treat. So now, with 2020, I guess it's a year of touring for either outfit. You're going to be busy on the road, I suppose. I certainly hope so. And yeah, we've got the Gorilla Tour around Europe booked up for March. Shovel, nothing in the can as yet. But yeah, kind of strange to do two albums in one year. It's quite an intense year. Um, like a fucking uh, bit of a white knuckle roller coaster ride in many ways, uh, music aside, good and bad. But it, I think I'm pretty proud of the two albums that I've put out this year probably the two of the best ones i've done for both bands particularly well yeah both are my favorite of each band um what can i say it's kind of crazy way to do it but uh sometimes when you really test yourself like that you come up with some good stuff artistically um yeah and uh, and in the Admiral camp, uh, the last time we played with you guys, I did. I think we did like three or four shows in the UK together. And uh, you had at the time you had Sarah on drums. She was a new recruit. And how are things uh, in the Admiral camp in terms of the lineup? Everything's pretty steady. Go. Well, Sarah's got other things on the go, so we've got another guy who drums for us as well, Sammy who's brilliant. We did a tour of Europe with Church of Misery with him on drums. Top-notch fella. Absolutely oh, cool. Oh, so either great. way, we're going to keep, you know, so hopefully Sarah will be back at some point, but she's doing this thing where she plays guitar and various, she's always busy, man, doing all sorts of stuff. But, um, yeah, all going good. But uh, music aside, Danko, ask me uh, another question on a personal level of anything you like. <laughs> I'll answer you, maybe honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have too many personal questions lined up. I didn't want to be too intrusive. Um, I just listen. I just had you on because of. Oh, you got whatever you like. Well, I just, I just decided to have you on the podcast because it was embarrassing that I hadn't before, seeing that like your two albums that you put out in one year, which is insane, made you know t- took took up space on my top, you know, top albums of 2019. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that, man. That makes me very, very proud and very happy. So because of that, a lot of my questions really just have to do with the music because I'm really genuinely interested in in your process and, and, a, and a fan of your music. So, I mean, I'm kind of the opposite kind of fan who wants to know, like, who, who the singer is, is uh, going out with or, or you know, how, how, you know, what's the singer's or the drummer's favorite chocolate bar. I, I mean, I don't really care. I, I really just care about like, like the music that you make, you know, it's, it's an, I mean, I guess, 
you know, I, I don't know if that's an insult to you or a compliment to you. I hope no. you take it as a compliment. <laughs> that's the best approach. I love it. <laughs> but but if you are insisting on a personal question, well, then I'm going to ask one. Um, are you... Um, you ask me a personal question, and I'll ask you a personal question back. Sure. I, are you a married no. man? Um, I'm not a married man, but I've been in a relationship with my uh, current lady friend for the last uh, 11 years, 12 years. She's shaking her head. She's looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, Okay, so it's Sarah in the background there. That is Sarah in the background. Not Sarah. Steph is here and Sarah Gorilla is here too. But yeah, I've been in this... Current relationship for about 12 years, and I'm a very happy man. Oh, so there's three people in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, okay, I did not know that. I thought it was just Sarah and you. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, so not Sarah, the third person then. Third person is uh, my lovely uh, lady, Steph, who I've been with for 12 years, as I say. She said, no, she's a big fan. She's the first person who ever mentioned you to me, in fact. She, yes. came, she came to see her very drunk one night. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's, she's almost crying with embarrassment. <laughs> you, you almost insisted I ask you a personal question, so there you go. Yeah, I did. That was a very good personal question as well. I like it. Do you want, do you want me to ask me your personal question? Yeah, sure. You can totally do that. Okay, right. Here, Danko. If your hair grew, what would it look like? Uh, that's a would good question. Qu- Afro- that's a good question. Curly? I, yeah. uh, it would l- and I can answer you that correctly because I used to have my hair way long. Um, hmm. And it, it's, uh, it, it, it looks kind of like how Slash looks. Hmm. That's kind of sort of how I imagined it would uh, look because you know you've got that sort of curly do going on, man, which makes total sense to me. Yeah, yeah, you know? and and it was the reason. Why did you grow your hair long like that. Well, I, I grew it like that because uh, that's how it grows. What do you mean? Why don't you grow it like that again, man? Oh, okay. So the reason why I cut it off was because. Yeah. When it grows like that, it's so unruly. Um, it was just so hard to uh, maintain, and I—I realize it's a—it's a pain in the ass. And I realized I was spending so much time trying to like undetangle it and and just kind of keep it. You know, I don't know. I don't know the correct term, but just keep it nice and yeah. fluffy or whatever. That I eventually stopped. Caring, maintaining it, and then it started to dread and and not naturally, um, and so it got to the point where I was just kind of keeping it under a hat, and so I said, "Let me just cut it all off because that way I don't have to think about it." And that was a hell of a long time ago, and so I've always kept it short, <laughs> and it's just one less thing I I need to worry about now. And it was just because when I had long hair, it took so much of my time before I would even step out of my place. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, I was just too, Oh no, what you, yeah, it's too energetic to even care about it. 
And, um, you know, I grew my hair initially because, you know, fuck, I'm a rocker, you know. Um, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, but then I realized, well, you don't, the length of your hair doesn't really matter how whether you rock or not. So, and plus, you know, I saw a picture of well, Lemmy. Not so much these days. I'm, What's that? Sorry? I said it doesn't matter so much these days. In the old days, it was a freak flag sort of thing, you know, but these days you can rock hair or no hair. Exactly. And you were and saying you saw a picture. Of- I saw a picture of Lemmy Kilmeister hanging out with the Cro-Mags. And the Cro-Mags all bo- they all had short hair, and you know, and and Lemmy didn't, and he, everything was all cool, and everybody looked cool, and then so I said, "Fuck it." <laughs> Absolutely, man. No, it works as long as you're cool. It doesn't matter shit, you know. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? Do your fucking thing. That's all that matters, you know. As long as you're happy, great stuff. What was great was the question. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed answering that. I've never answered that in any interview ever. Well, like yourself, you, I get asked a lot of very boring questions, not from you, but from other people. And sometimes you like to just throw a little odd one in there. Another question I'd ask you, like you, I'd like to ask you, like I'd ask you, like you, I'd like to ask you, if I may. Yeah, go One ahead. Question. Go ahead. What's your favorite uh, guitar to play? I know you got to deal with Hag. Is it Hagstrom? Yeah, it is. It is. And what's uh, what? What's your actual favourite guitar? What do you play in the studio? And you know, I've this... got a guitar I always go to, which is an old Gibson SG of '69 with P90s, and uh, that's my one. You know, well, I, mean, I use a lot of other. Yeah. So, so um, the first question you asked me was was really uh, a new question. This question. I've answered before. I'll still answer it though. Good. Um, it's it is it has changed over the years, but I will say an SG um, is is a really easy guitar to play. You mentioned that I'm with yeah. Hagstrom now, and that's true because when we were recording our new album, um, I played a Hagstrom that we found in a local kind of small little music store. And I, I fell in love with it so much that I reached out to Hagstrom, and now I am sponsored and I am with affiliated with Hagstrom Guitars. So my official answer has got to be Hagstrom because, I mean, my love for their guitars led me to them. I like that. Yeah, exactly that. I like that you found them and got in touch. Yeah. Funnily enough, Louis, uh, Louis, bass player of the Shovel, had. Uh, uh, Hagstrom Super Suede, an original 60s one. Nice. Like the Les Paul show. And it was fantastic. And it was one of the loveliest guitars I've ever had the pleasure to borrow. So, good choice. Hagstrom, awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't know even if I should reach out to them because I was with Gibson, but I was... You know, the, the guitar I played was a real kind of uh, uh, junior model uh, just a small a Metropolis Junior kind of guitar they had, kind of the uh, I think kind of the equivalent of what a an Epiphone is to Gibson really, but it made every track on the album. So you know, as a recording guitar, it was amazing. So let's try these out live, and and so far it's been great. I'm I, I play an Ultramax Hagstrom guitar, and I love it. So I'm I'm happy. Yeah, I'm really happy. But if you were to give me an SG, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, refuse it. Mm-hmm. 
So you had the double neck one as well. I saw the double the double neck one was used for a gag almost. You know, we'd play like the simplest song at the end of the set and use like one of the biggest you know guitars to play it. So that was more of a gag. But I I I would love a double neck as well. Funnily enough. I think possibly the first gig I ever played, I borrowed somebody's double neck guitar, <laughs> and I fucking hated it. It was, I was, I thought oh, this is going to be great, man. I love Rush. I've seen double neck guitars. This is going to be awesome, and it was the worst, most horrific, horrible guitar I've ever played, which totally put me off them for the rest of my life. But yeah, no, there's a reason. There's a reason why you're not wrong. I mean, they're just cumbersome, and it's just for show. Let's be real; it's it's just for a show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless, like Jimmy Page, you switched to twelve and six in one song, which is kind of cool, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I can't. I I've actually told Gibson I would I wanted a double neck six string guitar, so six strings on both, which which to me would be hilarious because it's completely unnecessary, <laughs> you know. So so that's why I wanted one. But they never made that one for would me. Be the best, that would be the best double neck guitar ever. <laughs> and then Six I string exactly the same guitar on both necks. And, yeah, and then I came up with um, for Gibson. I, I don't know if they ever used it, but I wanted a um, the number of the beast, which is a triple neck six string guitar, which is a six 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 a six 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 guitar. Fantastic, but they never, they never ran with that idea. They never, they never ran with it. They should have done, man. That would have been a big seller. <laughs> I reckon Rick Nelson from Cheap Trick would have probably bought at least three. Yeah, exactly. It was for <laughs> for people like Rick Nelson and and for black metal bands. Hmm. Perfect stuff, man. <laughs> Bloody brilliant. <laughs> But listen, man, I mean, I just I, I just wanted you on the podcast. And, you know, and when we play shows the next time we play shows, because there's got to be a next time, then we'll sit down and we'll have a better powwow. You know, I just wanted to touch yeah. base with you at the top of the year to acknowledge the fact that you have two albums you put out that I loved in 2019. And No, I appreciate that, man. I'm very happy with your uh, choices and made me very proud. And... um I dig talking to you, man. It's good fun. We should do more, do it more often. I would say we should do it more often. Um, but you know, I, I know the shovel's got you know other daytime priorities. Let's put it that way. So it's hard, but yeah. when it's a, a, a able to and we can do it, we would love to have you out, man. We we love you guys. Yeah, and the uh, uh, the same likewise, man. Um, that for, for more shows would be fantastic. Just give us a shout and we'll we'll be there. Gorilla or Shovel, we're all up for it, man. Absolutely. We love you guys. You're a good man, Danko. You uh, support what you love and you love what you support, which is fucking great. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I mean, I, you know, it just feels so great to to be in the same stable as you guys. And Judah, um, and Twin Temple, and you know, and all the Rise Above bands before. Um, but with you and Judah and us, I, I feel like it's a, it's a really 
it's a really good vibe between the three bands in terms of the sound and to know that behind the sound everyone's really cool it just it's really a, i mean i i love where we're at with rise above to me that's uh that's the real music and there's no shock there's no bullshit it's just music from the heart which is what it to me what it's all about man and there's a lot of shit that goes on these days but if you can find kindred spirits who play rock and roll from the heart because they love rock and roll and they don't expect, you know, it's not part of no scene, it's nothing like that. It's just playing pure music you love. That is the fucking balls, you know? Absolutely, man. Uh, can you ask him Wu-Tang live, please, for me? Oh, Sarah's asking a question now. This is oh. turning into a Danko oh. Jones interview. Oh, hey, Sarah. Sarah says, did you ever see Wu-Tang? Live. Live. No, because um, as much as I've wanted to, uh, there's, um, I don't know if it happens anymore too much, but, you know, back in the day when Enter 36 Chambers came out and um, Forever came out, Wu-Tang would come, but they wouldn't come, the whole band wouldn't come, and there was always uh, cancellations um, on the night of the show, or... They would make the audience wait for an hour to two hours to three hours. And so I just never had the patience to sit through that <laughs> bullshit. So I'm, I, I just don't go. I, I, I just never saw them. Yeah, fuck that shit. That's very unprofessional, isn't it? That's not a good way to uh, <laughs> go on. <laughs> but since you asked me about never the Wu-Tang. And we're up stage play our 30 minute set and fuck off as quickly as possible <laughs> exactly she just wanted to know you liked a bit of uh, hip hop and rap rap and rock and roll yeah it's nice well we dig the same stuff, man. well you asked you me love a- everything oh you love it you know you asked me about the Wu-Tang so I'm gonna ask Sarah who's your favorite member of the Wu-Tang clan <laughs> oh, she's looking worried. <laughs> no, I, went, I went to see him recently. She went to see him recently? Which one? Which one did you play? You got little Poochie's barking. I know. My favourite's that. I was Public Enemy and the Beastie Boys. Ah. So my Sarah says the best show she's been to the Beastie Boys and Public Enemy as far and uh, Run DMC. I saw uh, Public Enemy when I was 16. Yeah. There you go. That was my best show. Are you still there, Dan Cope? Oh, yeah, I'm listening. Um, well, I love Public Enemy. And uh, today... I saw them when I was um, 90, in the early 90s, that would have been. Yeah. Old school. Uh, so, yeah, I know what album that is. I just can't remember the name, but I know the album you're talking about. They're all dressed up in their military gear and stuff and marching on the stage. It was pretty awesome to see that in the UK, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd been, when I was at school, I had like a Def Jam hoodie and stuff. I was one of the only people that were into them at the at school and I had a Def Jam um, yeah, ja- uh, jacket and stuff. Oh, that's great. Did you hear the that news? What's that? They announced, um, the Beastie Boys today announced that there's an um, upcoming uh, Beastie Boys documentary on Apple TV soon. So that's coming out Hi. very soon. 
Oh, brilliant. I saw. I was lucky enough to see them in um, California, um, probably in about 2008, I think it was, approximately. Right, right. That was when all members were there and then they had their live... Um, live sort of act there with the drums and everything set up it was awesome really excellent yeah some like skate that was happening it was like um regular versus goofy down at the it was like a private event it's excellent yeah that was down in california oh wow i saw the beastie boys twice and uh both times they were incredible incredible yeah exactly yeah yeah, uh, it, was, it was brilliant. Uh, one of my favourite kicks, really, just out of just difference. And the fact that they, I don't know, it's something you don't see much being from the UK. They didn't come over that much, you know, to play here. Yeah, I don't think they toured too much, when, even when they were around. Um, not extensively. I think they did major cities and then that was it. But yeah, they. I saw them once yeah. with... Cypress Hill and Henry Rollins once, and then I saw them again. I can't remember who opened, and I saw them in a smaller room right when um, uh, License to uh, License to Ill was out. When License to Ill was out, I saw them, but I can't remember the opening band. My mum wouldn't let me go to that concert because <laughs> they had um, topless women in cages, and yeah. I remember she wouldn't let me go. <laughs> oh, did I say license to ill? No, I meant um, check your head. Check your head. Yeah, that's, that was a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then I saw I saw check your head and ill communication. I saw those two albums. Yeah, excellent stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. I like about the Beastie Boys, man. They they do what they want, you know. So they play hip-hop and then they'll do their hardcore thing and it's great oh yeah i mean absolutely i they're one of my favorite bands of all time yeah mine too yeah i love that band when i like i say when i was growing up i just loved that band i just had a bw badge that I'd wear and stuff. <laughs> sad stuff like that when you're a kid you yeah. know you think you're really cool doing that shit but uh, yeah it's good good times man do you still have that no, no, I don't. What? No, I no, it's rubbish. I don't know where it went. I haven't got a clue. But me and my friend both had one. We both stole them. I shouldn't say that, but we did actually nick them off cars as well. So, yeah. I think I, I think that became a thing for a while with with Volkswagen. I think it was. Did, a- yeah, they, in the end, they started giving them away because That's they were right, so yeah. sick of people stealing them <laughs> off cars. They. You could buy them like for two pound fifty or something like that, or or like usually have one because they was yeah <laughs> they were fed up. That's <laughs> funny. Oh, uh, it's funny. Good anyway, stopping. sorry, I won't. <laughs> no, I, so, I enjoy the detour. Football, so she's <laughs> ready to go. But thank you, man. It's been bloody awesome talking to you, man, and. Uh, as I say, should do this more often, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Let's um, let's do a real one-on-one um, podcast chat the next time we're out on yeah. tour together. Absolutely. As I say, ask me whatever questions you like, man, about yeah. any subject. I'll do my best to answer them. Maybe ninety-eight percent truth. Oh, that's all I ask. That's more than I ask. <laughs> This is, that's more than you're going to get. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everyone.
You too, man. Love your guts, and we'll speak to you very soon. Thanks, John. Have a lovely evening, man. Thanks, awesome. man. See you. Have a fantastic night. Take care, man. Bye, guys. Sorry, but I never found a thing to be sorry for. 